Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. I think that's great. I just don't think that's going to work when no one else is adhering to that. He seems to be the only coach out there playing that game right now. With SI's Pat Forty. There's a lot of interesting offseason storylines in terms of new coaches and stuff, but Clemson's among the most interesting. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Hope you are all doing well. Going to start with the sad story, shocking story over the weekend. The uh, death, uh, passing away of Dwayne Haskins, the Ohio State, former Ohio State quarterback. Great QB for one. He basically had one season where he was Ohio State starter. He threw a few passes in 2017 as a redshirt freshman. Had one of the greatest seasons of all time. Pass. You can't really do a whole lot better. Are the 2018 Buckeyes. A huge personality. Just a, uh, He's a lot of fun to watch. He completed... 70% of his passes through 50 touchdowns uh, and eight interceptions in 14 games. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. No. Uh, I mean, yeah. And super popular <laughs> with his teammates, clearly. And not just even though his NFL career might have been what he had hoped for. Clearly, the outpouring from people in that league who knew him was profound. Uh, and the outpouring from people who knew him at Ohio State has been profound. But yeah, that season... I mean, like Ohio State couldn't run the ball that year, so Haskins had to do everything. I mean, they threw the ball a ton. To complete 70% of your passes when you're throwing it all the time was wild. I remember watching them playing Maryland, and like Maryland was not that good, but Maryland had a beat, and Haskins just like, no, I'm going to put it on my back and just let him back, and it was touchdown, 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 touchdown. That was one of those like 56 to 54 kind of games. And uh, 52-51 that game. Yeah. And he threw, yeah, he was uh, was terrific. 405 yards, 73% completion rate. Yeah, three TDs, just, just tremendous. Um, that was an uh, that was like a really weird. It's Urban Meyer's last season. Yeah, and it was an odd team, and he helped hold them together because Urban was suspended for the first three games right. for the Zach Smith incident. Yeah, and then uh, they were really really good, but lost uh, in a. They got blown out by Purdue. Yeah, blown out on a Saturday night. Purdue ran all kinds of crazy stuff on them, and Rondale Moore yeah, killed them. Could not. Could not tackle Rondell Moore, but you know, I think what was memorable, there was always the video of him when he was like eight. Yeah. And he was uh he got inside the the Ohio State football facility 
Now, maybe they knew he'd be a good recruit then because the kid was pretty awesome. And he said, I want to play football here. I'm going to come here for college, I think was the direct line. And they'd always replay it, of course. But it was it was pretty awesome to see uh, see him. A sad story. Uh, passed away. Got hit by a car um, over the weekend down in Florida. He was a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. Sad story. But I always thought, I don't know, that 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 memory now of him like getting a chance to live out his boyhood dream at Ohio State. I don't know. It takes on like a different feeling when you don't live that long. Yeah. It's just a sad, yeah. sad thing. But a uh, great player. Yeah, really beloved teammate, it yeah. seems like. You know, and he was quick, very quick in college football. One season. I mean, he was not, he was, he threw 40 passes as a freshman and was a backup. And then all of a sudden, that star struck through the night. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was an incredible year. He obviously would be very much missed. So our thoughts with his uh, family, uh, everyone at Ohio State, down, football down in the DMV where he played high school ball and back in Jersey where he grew up, um, grew up over. So sad story. I know there's a lot of people hurting on that, particularly at Ohio State. All right. A couple, um, couple interesting quotes of late about uh, co- coaches complaining about the portal and the coaches complaining. Really? Yeah. Coaches complaining. Imagine. It's hard to, hard to have a roster. The funny part is it, it, it's two ends of the spectrum. Uh, we have William Christopher Sweeney, who's a regular on this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then there's Jimbo Fisher, who seems to be causing much of the problem. <laughs> Yet he's complaining, of too. Of course. There we go. Let's start with Jimbo, who recently picked up his sixth rival's five-star in the class of 22 when they added another defensive lineman. It has one of the greatest recruiting classes, if not statistically like the greatest recruiting class of all time. Ever, yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, just... A&M just all of a sudden is the hot place to go to school. Has everybody in the sport rolling their eyes and pointing at this collective and all this stuff, which I'd say, hey, you know, better to be pointed at than be the guy doing the pointing because <laughs> you get the player. Yeah, right. Jimbo, though, is not into the portal. Uh, his quote, you don't even know among your own guys who's in, who's out. You think you're deep at a position, then two guys leave and there are outside voices sticking their noses in. That makes it hard. There's nothing coaches like more hate more than outside voices. <laughs> Unless it's the outside voice of his agent telling him to leave Florida State for Texas A&M for 10 right, years right, and $75 right. million. Then. Yeah. <laughs> office agent, right? Yes. They hate the street agent. They like the office agent. That's right. Yes. All we need are within these four walls, except my agent. <laughs> or the guys I take off the transfer port. Well, we're just talking to his high school coach, and just ha- his name just happened to come That's up. Right. And I said, I need yeah, to you know. really use a Mike linebacker this season. And I, <laughs> why, you know. I'll see, big fan of Dixie Chicken here in uh, College Station. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Uh, thoughts on Jimbo, of all people, right now, complaining about the portal. I, like, seriously, we have to hear from him. Uh, it's it's hilarious to me and uh, yeah you know what when you when you bring in the most heralded recruiting class potentially ever some other guys may want to leave because they see their playing time going out the window and they may think it's time to look elsewhere gosh that that doesn't need to be that's not necessarily an outside voice that's a, a an informed opinion perhaps from the young men like hmm yeah those three offensive linemen who are all five stars they they play my position and I haven't gotten on the field yet I don't want to be number two and maybe bump down to number three. I'm going to go somewhere else. Welcome to the real world. That's how things happen. The idea that these outside voices are 
corrupting what's going on in A&M. I, if Jimbo can complain right now when he is absolutely conquering everything, he can complain about anything. I don't even want to hear, like, his coffee must be terrible every day. His breakfast must, you know, his commute to through College Station, the the terrible traffic of College Station must be awful. From one of his one of his uh, farmhouses, yes, not from, both that's of right. Them. He has multiple two farmhouses. Yeah, multiple right? ranches. Yep. Ranches. They don't call them farms. No, no, no. They're ranches. Yeah, they're ranches right, right. Wasn't it three? Didn't he have three at one point in the rumors that he would never leave? Uh, it's possible. Who knows? Uh, you can never have enough like ranches a, down there. It's like a Middle Eastern like king, right? Like <laughs> Seventeen palaces. Yeah. Well, what they do is like you keep wife wife's one through eight over here and wife's nine through seventeen uh, over there. I'm not saying that's Jimbo by any means. That's a good but, po- and then, yeah, but maybe not a bad strategy. Mm-hmm. The Middle Eastern kings do it that way. But yeah, like I wonder how many pickups he has at, at his various ranches. How many of his Ford King Ranch edition pickups? Do, do they have a Jimbo Ranch edition now? Wait till they wait till they win something. When they do, they'll they'll have a Jimbo Ranch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is ridiculous. If you're bringing in top recruits, <laughs> of course people are going to go. I may not play. I want to play. There's the other part, and this is why he so vehemently denied the thirty million dollar figure. It's because there's a whole bunch of guys that are like, I'm on the team. Where's my money? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I have no doubt that's a huge issue. So where's my money? You're obviously paying some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Now it's a collective; it's 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 legal. But you sit there and go, okay, am I going to get playing time if the people who are the collective, who are also the people that pay Jimbo, yeah, they're going to be like, put the guy I'm do- I just donated two hundred grand to on the field. <laughs> like, is this really going to be like you know a a meritocracy in the and and this is what he's got to guard against i don't know but it takes a good coach oh yeah to do that oh yeah it takes a really strong coach to say i'm paying the un the low-paid guy now they do it in the in in pro sports sometimes but the the owner's not happy right hell even the bastions of our sport georgia and alabama they both had four five stars transfer out in the last week or two yeah absolutely it happens everywhere yeah you want to play i mean if you don't want to play that's fine let's say you just are like all i've ever wanted to be part of the a&m football program i want to be if i can contribute in any way to a national that's great but kids want to play these guys are thinking about making the nfl they need to showcase you're sitting there saying not only am i not getting the money that someone who's unproven is getting but will he really play me over a guy that they're paying Right. That now that has always been the case, but you didn't know as well. Right. Yeah. What was going on? Oh, exactly. And that that was always one of the fun parlor games in uh, like in college basketball, especially is when you when you're pretty sure they paid that guy and like and then the coach won't (laughs) yell at him when he comes off the floor for not trying. He'll rip the other guy that, you know, they didn't pay. But this guy, you know, hey, um, you know, could you could you try harder? Um, Well, (laughs) <laughs> you've, you've, you've leveraged yourself into a position where you can't necessarily A, not play him, or B, rip him too much because you're worried what he's going to say. Now, bring it out there. Let's know. So Yeah, this is going to be a thing. Yeah. There's just no there's no other way to put it. This is a thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what Jimbo's going to do, but complaining that guys are leaving when they, quite honestly, uh, should be leaving. Yeah. That's when you, you know. are overbooked with talent. Things are going to even themselves out. Supply and demand. All right, so now on, on the flip side, 
Now we we often are very critical of Coach Sweeney, but here here's his part, and maybe he's the the antithesis of this. But he's he's his compl- he's complaining, which I again nine million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not doing our job as coaches and recruiters for bringing in a bunch of transfers. He said. Now uh, he went on to have a bunch of others. I've always been about education, the collegiate model, and the collegiate experience. I don't think what's been created now is healthy for the game. Um, I, I, those are his opinions. I can't argue with that. Always the guy says he's glad they're making money, but nothing seem really all that happy. (laughs) So I guess the situation here is I, your thoughts on, are your thoughts on coach Sweeney here on, on those comments? Well, I mean, it's always the great thing about Dabo is he's always going to have something to say, you know, I mean, you just, you, you get him on a topic other than. You know, why do your quarterbacks complete such a low percentage of their passes when their names aren't Trevor Lawrence? And he's going to be great because he's going to go off in some direction or another. And the tangent's going to be interesting. Uh, Look, one of the things that we don't fully have our arms wrapped around yet, but stands to reason is that in the transfer portal era, graduation success rate or academic progress rate, graduation success rate is going to go down. Because transfer credits aren't going to transfer. Majors aren't going to be there. You're going to have to take different majors, that sort of thing. It's going to be harder from that standpoint to actually graduate. That, I, th- I think. I We will wait and see what the numbers bear out. But it stands to reason that this is not an academically friendly situation. So if he really cares about academics, then he probably has a point there. I, I kind of like the concept of if we're doing things the right way, players aren't going to transfer. But the reality also is that there's just going to be X amount of playing time and there's going to be at places like Clemson, you're probably going to have too many good players to fit into that playing time. So even if you're doing a good job, you're going to have guys who are going to be like, eh, I'm not getting on the field and I came here as a four star. I'm going somewhere else. The transfer portal in, in, in theory is a good thing. Again, we will see, you know, how many players are just going someplace and not having a going into the portal and not coming out with anything in hand. That's that's another concern there, that that there's just way too many players seeking something that's not available to them. Uh, So I understand a lot of the concern about it. But again, in theory, it's the right thing to have and it's the right thing to do. And it should balance itself out eventually. People are going to learn how to figure out the portal and how to figure out transferring so that it works out more often than not, or at least doesn't leave people stranded out there and doesn't leave them without a degree. Yeah, so I think um, Coach Sweeney's got it right. I mean, he if, 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 you, if he's willing to extend that loyalty, Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's more likely than than some of the others where it's like, look, this is the team. Yep. I believe in you when I come and, and he's always been. This is a committable offer. We don't give you offers that you don't. Right. That you can't really take, which a lot of schools do. It's It's funny. I have an offer from this school, but not really. <laughs> no, that's um, the biggest nonsense. Right. If you ask the girl to the prom and she says, yes, unless someone better offers. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, not sure you got you really got the commitment there. Um, but at the same time, he would say, if you commit, no more visits. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's got this very old school bit very. and there is an honor to that. And I, I, I can't do anything but applaud it. If you're willing to not pull a scholarship offer because the kid has a bad senior year and you're not looking to just automatically 
you know, run recruit. I mean, you got to recruit every year. So there's a certain bit of like, you're never guaranteed anything. You know, if you, if you sit there and say, this is our team, this is what we're going with. And if we do take transfers, it's because of injuries or depth or kids left, or, you know, we might need some spot, but for the most part, this is what we want it to be. I think that's great. I just don't think that's going to work when no one else is adhering to that. It, he seems to be the only coach out there playing that game right now. Well, now his, Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's been kind of one of the laments forever is that, uh, you know, Dabo's been too old school and is not being flexible and embracing the the transfer portal uh, and that sort of thing. And he's being left behind to a degree in that. And I, I, he had one year where he didn't make the playoffs. So yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is my other part. Like, <laughs> left behind. Like, yeah. One year and his quarterback wasn't as good as he thought. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, he's, he's, he's right. My thing will be eventually, I mean, this is just such, everything is so new. No one knows what's going on. Okay. Whatever they're paying these kids could prove to be too low or could be proved to be too high. Uh, probably too high. At some point there's a chance for, for Clemson, I say a Clemson to be like, our guys don't transfer. Right. And that should, that should carry some weight. Yeah. You really want to like, let, let's say AM becomes just this, this does not work out. And it's just a, it is a free for all over there and all of that. Like how long do you go, man, that is, that is a knife fight over there. Mm-hmm. Like it looks good, but what, you know, or, or any school it doesn't have to be A&M, but Hey, you come here and you're going to get your chance. Right. Um, you talk about, uh, it's one of the things that I think works a lot at, uh, we, we talked a, a couple weeks ago about recruiting at Notre Dame. Like you have to, you have to fit at Notre Dame. You have to fit at Stanford, right? Yeah. Not a, it's not for every person, and that's okay. But if you're if it's not for you, don't go there. If it is, you got you you're joining something a little bit different. I think Clemson's kind of maybe setting itself up that way and being like, look, I'm not gonna bail on you because you have, you know, your freshman year, you fumble twice, and I'm and I'm gonna grab three guys off the portal to take your spot. Right. No, I, I mean, that. yeah, there's something to be said for that, and it should resonate with moms and dads. Uh, although nowadays, I mean, you may have people that come into it saying, well, you know, we're, we're ready to transfer at the drop of a hat. Uh, you know, the, 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 the mindset right. going in now is could be different. But if you but if you don't play, you also can't hit the portal, right? right? right. Like, if he, he's got to find his people. And he, I don't know, maybe this whole, like, I'm against all of this stuff track will work. Yeah, no, it might. It might. And again, when they're zagging. Yeah. And I look, he does have guys like I, I look at Joseph Ngata, the receiver, who came in as a four-star guy and was very highly touted, you know, and was supposed to follow that T. Higgins, Justin Ross line of guys. And he's just, he's been hurt and he's been inconsistent. And like last year as a junior, 23 catches, 438 yards, one TD. Okay, but not the breakthrough guy. And then this spring, he looks great because he's still there. And he's still, you know, if Dabo's still out there like, yeah, we're, we're really hoping Joseph's going to come through. Whereas a lot of coaches might have been like, eh, we're on to the next, man. You know, we're done with you after three years. But he does, I think he wants his players to work out, the guys that he brings in. I think he, he, always, he that's kind of part of it, always Dabo being Dabo is I believe in myself and I believe in everyone around me. And it's all going to work out great. And he's kind of willed some of that thing to being. And I think there's a lot to like about that if it works. We'll see, you know, going forward if it's sustainable. And it, from an NIL side of it, too, if you can guarantee a kid's going to be there for four years, your money's going to be worth it, right? Yes. People are jumping and, you know, you're, hey, I'm going to spend a million dollars on this kid, but he's, it, he might not ever see the field. 
you know, he might be transferring to Texas A&M before the end of the year. Hey, if, if you can build that up and say, hey, these kids are going to be staying here for four years, you could, your money's going to be well spent. And that if you ever really wanted to dive in the NIL, I feel like that could be an advantage. But. Sure. It, it, it's, it's interesting. You set it up and be like, and I, I'm sure they do this at Stanford or someplace like that, where it's like, look, man, and because there aren't a lot of transfers from Stanford. The one thing the transfer portal will expose are phonies, right? Yeah. If the coaches are mistreating people or the school or they're only there for one reason, right? The whole LSU basketball team transferring. <laughs> yes, literally. Right? I guess it wasn't them. the love of the name on the front of the jersey. Darn it. And it was Darn the name it. on the check. There's yeah. <laughs> a name on the corner of the check. That was it. That's who I play for. But I, I don't know, like if you set it up and you're like, look, man, I'm not going to run you off. And not only that, you, you take a red shirt. We're going to get you an MBA in your five years. And I'm here for, you know, yeah. it's not easy to pull off. And I don't know whether this is going to work. I don't know whether he's going to have to adjust because the fan base is expecting uh, playoffs mm-hmm. <laughs> and winning it. Not just a playoff, but winning the playoff. It, you know, he's got the fans love what he's saying. Uh, maybe he can swing it. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting challenge, but maybe it's not just old man uh, shakes fist at cloud or no. $9 million a year coach. I don't know. We'll see. Right. But he's he, this is going to be a serious challenge of branding and all of that. And he's got to stick with it. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the thing. At the end, and, of, the day, uh, end of the day, you're going to play somebody who's got better players probably. Well, it's entirely possible in the ACC. Eh, we'll see. But. Not in the ACC, yeah, but but yeah, if you want to win a playoff, right? So, but they, I mean, this, I, I, there's a lot of interesting offseason storylines in terms of new coaches and stuff, but Clemson's among the most interesting. They two new coordinators at a place where they've had the same guys forever. Uh, quarterback situation very uncertain. Neither DJ Uyunglele or Cole Klubnik, the hot freshman. Uh, were very impressive in the spring game, and uh, that that's going to be one to watch. And, and it doesn't mean like the program's eroding, but but they may not quite have the personnel to be the Clemson that we saw from 2015 through 2021. Ton of injuries, ton, um, ton this spring. I know that, and uh, so that yeah, that depth is a bit of a thing. All right, speaking of the coordinator changes, one interesting recruiting note in our in in our. Our, our endless updates of Arch Manning's recruitment. Yes. He visited Virginia Ooh. last weekend. Tony Elliott, yeah. the new coach at Virginia. He was the offensive coordinator at Clemson. I've been wondering about this because I think we had this discussion on who's known as a Q, the QB coach. You know, like Ryan Day's getting the hype for that. Yep. Uh, Lincoln Riley. You know, I've, I've, we've lamented a million times how the hell is Harbaugh not getting all the quarterbacks? I don't know, you know, but Tony Elliott coached Deshaun Watson and, uh, and Trevor Lawrence, That's, among others. Yep. Is he the modern day coach cut? Is what the Mannings are looking at. <clears throat> right. That's what you're looking at. Now, you, you have no track record of whether Tony Elliott is now the coach of Virginia, can be a, uh, a great coach. Uh, we don't know because he hasn't coached a game. But they did get a full visit. Now, they got, it wasn't just Arch. It was Cooper and uh, and his wife went on the trip, too. So we had a whole, uh, Arch's mom, I'm sorry, I forget. There's too many Mannings. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, got mom and dad up there, too. Yep. Now, I believe his sister's going to school there. Peyton Manning's wife went to Virginia, apparently. Mm-hmm. There's all these sorts of ties. Yeah. Virginia is elite academics. Yep. Beautiful place. Yep. 
the Mannings like being in control. Yeah, right. Okay, they like being in control. They are not going into this. They are not just sitting there going, oh, this school offered me 50 grand more, but they got to look at the depth. I didn't see the depth chart. Like they will. They're very smart. Art, Archie Manning. Yep. Rigged the NFL draft to get Eli Manning out of San Diego and to the Giants. Yeah. So they want to be in control. Peyton has always been in control. This, old, this is the family they're in control. Does Virginia, like, what kind of chance is this? Obviously, this is a big swing, but if he goes to Virginia, he's almost sure to be the starter. He's not going to have to fight over what we're talking about if it's Texas or Alabama. And it's like a whole fresh start where he doesn't even have to deal with, like, all the angry SEC fan bases. Thoughts, Pat? Uh, it's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating because it is a total outlier and one that, like, we would never have considered, really, you know? So, yeah, Tony Elliott, look, an impressive guy. Like, I, I'm sure he is phenomenal when you sit down with him as a recruit, uh, and he has a great track record as an assistant. As you said, the vast unknown is what's he like as a head coach, but he's worked with some great quarterbacks, two, uh, you know, star guys, and uh, – it would. It, it's a. It's a neutral sort of thing, as you said. It would totally take the heat out of the potential SEC squabbling of going there, going here, going there, and even even if Tech Texas kind of looked like that, but Texas is eventually joining the SEC. Depending, I mean, if Arch is is still in school, he'd he'd have to probably go play either at Ole Miss or at Tennessee or at LSU or somewhere where the fans thought they were going to get him. It is a great place to go to school and. You know, the Mannings now, yeah, you can say, okay, they expended a, an official visit bullet on this. Well, that's fine. They can also afford to pay for unofficial visits to anywhere else that they want to, to as many of them as they want. Uh, but that's still, that's a significant outlay of like, okay, you know, we are investing for the full weekend, the full immersion. It's not just, hey, we're going to fly in and talk to you for a couple hours and then we're leaving. I mean, if you're I'm sure the Mannings have access to a private jet or something like that. I don't know. But I mean, you right. know, it's not just around the corner. Right. You don't no, just no. happen no. upon Charlottesville. And usually like, you know, if you like if you do an official visit, it's it's a I mean, you, I guess you don't have to sign on for all of it. But usually it is a full weekend of activities. And uh, yeah, my daughter did one in Virginia. And, and I mean, they put on the dog there. They do a very nice job with these sort of things. They've got a lot to show off. Incredible. Campus. Oh, it's awesome. It's great. I mean, if you're into campuses, that's yeah. one of the best. Gorgeous. Going. And, you know, it's like old Southern tradition, which is kind of Manning-esque. You know, I mean, like they, yeah. they don't call it the campus. They call it the grounds. And if you live in the lawn area because you're a fourth year, you're not a senior. You're a oh, fourth yeah. year. And the, those are those really, they're ancient little dorms, but they're super like highly sought. Uh so there's just, yeah, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance and tradition and, and stuff that goes with Virginia that's very cool. None of it is football. That's the thing. None of it is football. <laughs> but it doesn't have to always stay that way. Maybe he wants the education. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, or maybe they're like, look, this kid's good enough. Yeah. We know how good he is. It doesn't matter. Right. Okay. Like, it, it's, think about the Mannings that find fascinating this. They know how good he is. They don't just know, like, well, we've had two Guy, two kids, guys in the three guys in the family playing NFL quarterback, two of whom uh, won multiple Super Bowls. We also run the Manning Passing Academy. Yeah, right. We see all the best We've quarterbacks. Seen every quarterback in the last 20 years. We know how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. So they may be like, look, man, it's all good. Yeah. Let's go up here. Coach Elliott's a good coach. 
we're not that concerned about, you know, maybe that's the motivation isn't I got to win a national title or I got you, you control the process. Boom. Three years later, you have a great time yeah. and you're the number one pick in the draft. Right. You know, I mean, that's where we look. We've looked at to a lesser degree, Ben Simmons going to play basketball at LSU and some of the other basketball recruits have gone. They haven't had to go to Duke or Kentucky to stop to be the number one pick. You can do that going elsewhere. You can Markel Fultz from Washington, even if he shouldn't have been. Ben Simmons from LSU. I mean, he's not. I'm not sure this is a good example. <laughs> you can. I'm saying you can be pick number one. Let's. You can be pick number one. I think we're still wondering about Ben Simmons' well, competitive instincts. We certainly are. And why? But yeah. In terms of getting the getting the NFL to draft you number one, I don't think you have to go to Georgia or Alabama for that to happen. All right. While Arch was had a little dalliance with Virginia, Lane Kiffin could not be silenced. Of course, he took to the Twitter. <laughs> Just a, <laughs> even by Lane Kiffin standards, a rather unbelievable a tweet. It is a picture of I don't know what we got here. Twenty five uh, young women, great hair. I'm just leaving that. <laughs> Prom night at Oxford High School. Okay, it is a. They're apparently by someone's pool, perhaps Lane's. There's a diving board. And then there's like 25 high school prom goers all up in their little gowns and their, I mean, this is what's the, they say about old miss, they red shirt, miss America's. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it looks like the miss America pageant. Oh, the country was all white. Like the 1958, like miss America. I think we're a little more diverse miss America now. Um, Lane sticking his head up in the back, surrounded by all these high school girls, high school girls. Now, have an amazing prom neighborhood. Oh. Three exclamation points at Oxford High School. Hashtag come to the sip. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe Lane just is friends with everybody in the neighborhood and just wanted to wish his neighborhoods. How many people live in this neighborhood? <laughs> like, this is not the neighborhood. No. This is the how many kids go to I mean how many kids go to this high school? Yeah. Apparently the neighborhood is filled with 17-year-olds. 17-year-olds, um, you know, in, you you dress them up and they all look like Miss America. Yeah. Right. Forget going to the SIP. This some high school kids in Mississippi need to be getting themselves to Oxford High School. <laughs> anyway, this is a recruiting ploy obviously because what the heck? Um everything Lane breathes is, is a recruiting ploy. I mean, will it work, Pat? (laughs) Probably. I mean, it'll work for somebody, (laughs) some some random kid that, you know, goes to high school in Memphis is going to look at that and say, oh, my God, I'm going to school at Mississippi. It's funny. I did see this isn't this is the high school, though. This isn't. Yeah, I know. But but the theory is, okay. they're going to go. Yeah, they're all going. Yeah. Yeah. So but cross the street, the 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 picture of the the female prom picture, five thousand seven hundred Twitter likes the male picture 1200 so we we know who lane's uh that is he did line up with the dude the, the guys also yes but that's very progressive no too. Like yeah he's not, you know what hey maybe that maybe someone's boat gets floated over there too <laughs> I, who cares time. anymore right equal time man equal time yep. yeah so, but lane kiffin popular down at the oxford high school <laughs> <laughs> this picture he's got his visor on like what? it's like he's been coaching <laughs> Coaching them up. A little more hairspray over there. Oh, God. Peyton. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little lower in your two-step. <laughs> Just a, unbelievable. They're always recruiting. Come to the sip. My goodness. Come to the sip. Um, all right. 
it's just we're just gonna be a whole recruiting podcast today. <laughs> Big commitment. How about this? A commitment. 2022. Josh Connerly Jr. Late 2022 commitment, huh? Yes, a late commit. Big, huge offensive tackle. Big time player. Uh, Michigan had been all over this guy for a long time. Then uh, Washington obviously was trying. And USC seemed to have all the buzz late. And he ended up picking Oregon. And Dan Lanning's first big recruit for the Ducks. And um, look, it's one player, but they have a great offensive line tradition, and you kept them away from USC. Yep, that's a, that's a great get for 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 Oregon. Huge, I mean, you know, huge. You you you, you get a, a guy away from USC who USC is red hot. Uh, you pull him out of Seattle, and you're hurting your rival there, uh, Washington, and and Kalen DeBoer's trying to get going, and now you're 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 one up on him there. And Dan Lanning, look, that's who he, he's a great recruiter. He he's alleged to be. We're going to find out, but the total package. Good scheme guy, good coach, player development, and recruiting. And he is a monster recruiter. We know that. Kirby Smart has said he's a great recruiter, and that's Kirby Smart puts a huge premium on it. And this is Dan Lanning paying a quick dividend on being hired uh, this offseason. And Oregon, they got a lot to sell, and he's capable of selling it, it appears. That was a big get. Yeah. That's, that's one to keep an eye on. That is going to be the key thing for Oregon, obviously, is always recruiting. Yeah. Because you just don't have all these kids in state. The whole premise is Lincoln Riley's down in uh, in L.A. They're going to get at least these L.A. kids. If he's all of a sudden dominating the whole West Coast, now you start looking at you know USC restocking to practically uh, Pete Carroll levels. Right, right. They got to they got to they got to fight back, and it, it's a it's a statement for because Lincoln Riley's getting all the hype. Oh, huge! People are not talking about Dan Landing. So yeah. here we go. Right. He made us talk about uh, about him. So very good. Uh, now, Mich- one more recruiting. I think this will be our last recruiting story. This is also go, go kind of goes with the Lane Kiffin always recruiting, and Michigan missed out on them on him on uh, Connerly. But Michigan spring game, very interesting. Halftime of the spring game. First off, they bring in Colin Kaepernick, and he is like a you know honorary coach or captain or something for the game. Uh, speaks to the team now. Colin Kaepernick obviously played for the San Francisco 49ers. He was drafted out of Nevada by Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Harbaugh made that call. That was a very, uh, it was a big deal at the time. Real big deal. And it was a big call. Yes. Yeah, it was a real big deal. And then uh, Harbaugh and Kaepernick went all the way to the uh, the Super Bowl, lost a, a very close game to Baltimore. He brings Kaepernick in, who's obviously not in the NFL right now and can't really get a get the kind of tryout he wants and is, uh, you know, has become, I'm, I'm not going to describe people either love him. They hate him. They think he's an icon. They think he's, what, I don't, I'm not here to change your mind on all that. Polarizing figure, polarizing sure. figure, there we go. but Sully with the terminology. Yeah. Beloved or not, or whatever. This is his thing. He lets him throw at halftime of Michigan at Michigan stadium. Now this is a new one. Spring games where pretty much everything's been thought of. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he basically had a pro day, a brief pro day (laughs) for Colin Kaepernick at halftime of the Michigan game. Now, there are scouts there because they're watching the Michigan game, and it's on, like, Big Ten Network. Someone's showing this thing. Of course. Kaepernick, of course, says, you know, uh, Coach Harbaugh has been phenomenal for me from the time we met at the Combine to my pro day to him drafting me and choosing to start me from there. Our relationship came to grow and develop. Phenomenal person, phenomenal man. Lots of love for Coach Harbaugh. 
shows you who Coach Harbaugh is. He does this for me. He's someone that is going to fight for you. His relationship with you goes beyond just football. He loves you as a person. My relationship, I maintain with him, his dad, Jack, and his family. It's phenomenal to be able to reconnect in person after the pandemic and a few years apart. Now, Colin Kaepernick says almost nothing. Right. Okay, so first of all, there was no discussion of Kaepernick while he was there about anything other than football. Yeah. There's that. Uh, when he talked to the team, it was all about working hard and making it. You know, he was an overlooked guy coming out of high school. And all. Thoughts on this move by Harbaugh? Uh, I don't want to make it all about recruiting, but does this help recruiting? Uh, you know, or is this just, I mean, I guess there's two prongs to it. Does it help recruiting in that, A, you've got this guy saying things like that about you, which I would think you'd want every high school player of no matter what they think to hear former players talk about you like that. But B, that it's, Nobody wants to stand. Very few people want to stand next to Colin Kaepernick right now. And Jim Harbaugh leaned right in on it. Yeah. I mean, he you can't stand more behind him. No. Absolutely. Not only that. You, Gave him the middle of Michigan Stadium. So there you go. Right. And to give him maybe a little legitimate chance to show that he can still throw the ball. So I, I look at it this, yes. And I see probably I we are re- entering the realm of speculation here. But here's how I could have seen this thing going down. You know, whether Kaepernick or any of his people reached out and said, hey, you know, Jim, I, you know, he's trying to get one more chance in the league. Can you can you help him in any way? And Harbaugh's like, well, yeah, because he legitimately likes Kaepernick. They legitimately had a good relationship. He, they legitimately went to the Super Bowl together. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do something to help him. And then when Harbaugh's wheels are turning, like, how can I also make this help me? Well, this is how we can bring him in for the spring game. Or bring him in during the spring and let him throw. But how about we have him throw during spring, the spring football game, more eyeballs, more visibility, and we can, then can use that as a positive recruiting vehicle. Because here's the thing with Colin Kaepernick. Who mostly doesn't like Colin Kaepernick? Older white people who are not who Jim Harbaugh is recruiting. Okay? That's not going to win a lot of games with that. Yeah, that crowd. Yeah. No, he doesn't need... <laughs> The 65-year-olds out there who say, I'm never watching the NFL again because Colin Kaepernick knelt win recruiting battles. You win those with the younger kids, and I would bet, and again, speculation here, Colin Kaepernick is not very negatively thought of by younger players, especially the ones that are being recruited. So I just don't think that, I think it's it's a win-win. You're helping your guy out, and he's probably helping you. And as you said, the testimonial about Harbaugh and playing for him and the relationship and what that's like, uh, cannot hurt in any way, I don't think, with with the guys Jim Harbaugh is trying to reach. So I, I think it's a smart move uh, that serves both sides. Yeah, I mean, again, let's we can we can take, you don't want to, I mean, it's a nice thing, and I want to make it all bottom line, but, I mean, this is what this podcast is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not really in a sensitivity, so the idea that someone else could possibly be <laughs> doing it out of the goodness of heart. But I do think there's something to be said of like, I'm going to stand behind you even when you're not that. Well, like, yeah, there was no. there was undoubtedly some fans in those stands. Going, oh, I'm what? sure. Sure. I don't want to see Colin Kaepernick right now. Michigan is not. Uh, there are schools far more conservative and far more conservative fan bases than Michigan. But that's Kaepernick. There's many, many reasons to not support Kaepernick. And, you know, there, there's certainly some of that. So very it was just a very inter a very uh, Bold play. He also didn't go to Michigan. No, no, he didn't. Right. But, you know, again, that's yes. And like I said, I mean, I think Harbaugh has loyalty and affinity to him. So, okay, how can we help him? But then while we're helping him, how can we use this to help ourselves? And yeah, all right. No, yeah, the, there's no doubt there are people at Michigan who probably looked at that and said, I don't want that guy in this stadium. I don't want him being venerated. 
but it's easier to do it at Michigan than say College Station, uh, Kyle Field. Right. So, you know, uh, and and Harbaugh has has newfound cachet with the fans anyway. He stayed. He didn't go to the NFL, whether it was his choosing or not. But he's got a new contract. Uh, they took him to the playoff, and so you know, I, I think he he doesn't yeah. have to sit there and worry about am I pleasing everyone all the time? If I feel like helping Colin are. Kaepernick, I'm going to help Colin Kaepernick without worrying you about never it. Never are. No. And look, I mean, this is also a guy who's like, you know, he got Tom Brady back a couple times, and then they they, they, they threw a catch to each other once yeah. on the middle of the field before a game. You know, he had Derek Jeter, it's, you know, signing with the stars. I think right. he had Ric Flair. He had, you know, I mean, this guy, he, he's big on these things. Oh, yeah. So he likes that his, visual. Likes his yeah, bells and that, whistles. That, that visual is pretty good. All right. I want to play a game with you here. Uh-oh. Okay. So this stems from uh, Sully's got this thing laid out. This is really Sully playing the game. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, maybe I can do it for both of you. Uh, Tennessee uh, Representative Marsha Blackburn, yes. who, who we talked about recently about pushing for NCA enforcement reform, she sent out a statement or a tweet saying Tennesseans want a wall on our southern border. Now I don't think she, I'm not guessing she meant the United States' southern border, but that's not what it says. <laughs> now maybe. <laughs> So could Tennessee build a wall along its southern border, which would impact maybe Arkansas too? Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and North Carolina. I'm trying to do my geography here. Yep. Uh, now, this could keep like Nick Saban and those guys from getting in to get recruits, particularly in that central Tennessee area. It's loaded, Memphis. Um, it also could maybe keep Josh Heupel from getting – Like, does the wall have a one-way door? It better have like, a one-way you, door because there's more yeah. recruits to the south – of Tennessee than there are in Tennessee. <laughs> right. So, but we, uh, Sully really uh, went over this. Um, this would not be the first border dispute in college football. If the Tennessee, if, ten if, if Marsha Blackburn is successful in building a wall along the Tennessee border to the South. Now this is an ancient dispute with Georgia too. Now really? it's, it's going back to 1796. <laughs> they, the university of Georgia sent a guy to, to survey the land between Tennessee and Georgia. And in recent years, but this has happened for centuries, Georgia has been wanting a piece of Tennessee's water. They want a piece of the Tennessee river. <laughs> And it, it, literally, you go to you go to the wiki page, and it's like Georgia has disputed this in 1796, 1850, 1910. Like they they keep on. It always comes this up. back to the and water on this podcast. It always time. comes back to the water. Yeah. And yep. all you guys wanted in return was Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> if if they just let Trevor Lawrence go to Tennessee instead of shipping him over to South, Carolina. yeah, you give up some water. Yeah, South give Carolina up some water border for that, too, right? South Carolina border. And Sully grew up on the. Would you would you want the wall, Sully? You grew up in Chattanooga, right there, right there on the on the border. Yes, I, my my parents' house was 15 yards from the border, oh so it, it oh. was it was close, very very close. I uh, no, I wouldn't want yards. it because that's one of the best things about growing up in Chattanooga is it's such a melting pot of fan it bases is. that you know you got a lot of Northern Alabama fans, you got Tennessee fans, you got Georgia fans, all just. Going into their office. Diversity and makes crap. us stronger, right? That's the yep. that's your theory. Okay. So you do not want to sequester off. Um, all right. Other state battles. So here's what I want to hear you say, Pat. Okay. Who would win and what's the likelihood on a scale of one to ten that this breaks out? Okay. Let me let me get I'm gonna sidetrack us for 30 seconds here before we do this. Chattanooga Free Press back in the 90s used to cover every SEC home game 
every weekend because I had so many readers from so many different school fan bases there. I mean, it was awesome. Roy mm-hmm. X was a sports editor. They'd go, they'd cover them all. They'd send their guys out, drive, you know, go to Columbia, South Carolina, go to Knoxville, go to Athens, go to Tuscaloosa. It was great. Anyway, back to your question, Dan. Wow, that is an aw- Imagine how awesome that Sunday oh, section was. Phenomenal. Oh, so good. And in Chattanooga, still- it was awesome. Yeah. The Times Free Press still does a lot of good work. Yeah. They 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 put out a, a big pamphlet, like a magazine going into each yeah. season for high school and college. It's it's good paper. So subscribe. Yeah, give them a couple bucks. <laughs> Maybe I'll subscribe. All right, let's get to the wars. Let's get to the wars. The sagebrush war. <laughs> California and Nevada <laughs> have been fighting over Lake Honey. Lake Honey. There was actually a fight once, four-hour war. Four hours. Uh, yeah, two people were wounded. Okay, okay that's... That's <laughs> you read a little bit into it, and there it's like what both is sides that? really didn't want to hurt each other, so they're just four kind of hour firing that into the it's a damn Tuesday morning in Detroit. <laughs> four wounded, two wounded in a four hour fight. What they really weren't shooting at each other really? is what the, the article I read about. They, just they were fell kinda, down because mm-hmm. yeah. where is so, Lake right. Honey? It's 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 up in Tahoe area, it's like a northeast California, and there is a there's an area of people that wanted to create their own state. They didn't want to be paying Nevada taxes or California taxes. Wow. So both states were kind of like fighting over this area. All right. Who would win? And would this break out again? What are the chances? Okay. Well, I mean, California would crush them because they have more people, <laughs> more more manpower. Although they and might be really able, mobilized. Yeah, yeah. They might be more bellicose and armed in Nevada than in California. Yeah, that's so, kind of the thing. But, you know, it might be like Russia, Ukraine, where don't underestimate the underdog there. But yeah, uh, now I'm going with California. And what was, what was the second part of the question about who would win? Well, a scale of one to 10. What are the chances there's a refighting of Lake Honey? Uh, uh, 0.5. I mean, look, first okay, of all, look, yeah. if you're going to fight there, fight over Lake Tahoe. Better lake. You know, I mean, come on. It's, and it's right <laughs> there on the lake. damn border. Let's go. Lake Tahoe is a five star. Yes. lake. There is no question. That is a that is a great lake. Um, uh, yeah. And they could they. Well, it's not a great lake, but it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. A, it's an outstanding lake. You get the Corleone family uh, alone is armed up there, right? There was a battle at the Corleone family <laughs> estate on Lake Tahoe. Of course. All right. The both in both states, weed is legal. No one's fighting. Yeah, right. You know, anymore, very right? mellow just, vibe. Yeah. You got Fresno State, Nevada. Not exactly like it. That's true. What uh, about you know? What about those casinos right on the edge of the Nevada right. border? Like, that's where it can get a little feisty. You know, the money there. they got like. Reno, yeah. Reno's a little bit of a cowboy town. They could probably shoot into Barstow or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Could, yeah. All right. Red River Bridge rivalry. Oklahoma and the Red River Bridge Company were angry at Texas for building a free bridge across the Red River, which, of course, uh, uh, separates the two states. Both sides sent troops to defend their bridges. <laughs> really? But only the free side of the Oklahoma Bridge was destroyed. <laughs> no one was harmed. Ah. Well, we've seen, I mean... Usually someone gets capped every year in this game. Yeah, so this is right. there's been this is the nicest thing that's ever happened. Been at the people Red having River. their genitalia <laughs> involuntarily removed in this rivalry. I mean, come on. All right. <laughs> Who would win and chances of it breaking out again? Uh boy, now I think chances of it breaking out again are always high between Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, and plenty of armed folks in this situation. Texans ready to fight over anything all the time. 
I it's I think there's a I think there's an 87 percent chance that there is a Texas Oklahoma war over the Red River Bridge, and you got to go again with superior manpower. I mean, Texas is like China, where they just keep throwing troops at you until you you submit. So. Texas, especially now that they're both joining the SEC, that's a little more hostile. They're right. going to be going over SEC technically like West yep. championships together. So. Absolutely. They can become like Mississippi and Mississippi State gouging each other's eyes out to be the fifth best in the West or something, you know. So, all right. This next one on your list, Sully, uh, this, you got geography problems. The Panamite dash Yankee Wars, Connecticut and Pennsylvania. Connecticut and Pennsylvania, they, were- they don't border. Exactly. You can't have a <laughs> zero chance. They have a border war. They don't talk. Come on, Sully. This, New York's this is going, in the middle. Yeah, but this is this is going back to the 1700s. I know, but here. you can't have it again. That was the game. Okay, seventeen hundred. Uh, the Wyoming Valley. The dispute ba- dates back to the Dutch and the English in 1662. 1662. Uh, in 1799, Pennsylvania won the land. Okay, there were three wars over this. Three. This is not a border anymore, though. <laughs> yeah, now you got what it got in between. You got New Jersey. You got some of New, New York. York. I mean, you got maybe Can't even get Delaware. They're like getting held back. Hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hold me back war where nobody. If I could get at them, I'd kick Pennsylvania's <laughs> ass. There's a whole bunch of people up there in Danbury yeah. yelling down. Jersey, Jersey, hold putting me. the hands up, holding each other. No, no, calm down, yeah, yeah. calm down. Calm down. Yeah, it's like a like a UFC fight when yeah. Dana White b- blocks them off. They got to go. There was the a Jersey. In. There was a Jersey New York war land dispute as well. well I, I so would we hope could, so. we could wrap that, that could, in there. That could get going anytime. Yes. Jersey's just pissed. They the New Yorkers come in and do the Jersey Shore show, and they these are the most annoying characters. Uh, all right, the Honey War. The Honey War. Okay, not Iowa Lake Honey, but actual Honey. Honey, yeah. This dispute was over a nine point five mile wide strip running the entire length of the Iowa Missouri border. Uh, caused by unclear wording in the Missouri Constitution on by, I'm, it literally does not surprise me. Some Missouri legislators were unable to <laughs> clearly define. Could. They went down to that uh, Shady Gators, and <laughs> <laughs> the Constitutional Convention at Shady Gators got so drunk they they mistakenly gave Iowa part of their state. Um, Okay, I had to go. Iowa won the Supreme Court case over this. The decision was to affirm a nearly 30-mile jog in a nearly straight-line border between extreme southeast Iowa and northeast Missouri, and it involves Keokuk, Iowa, Uh-oh. which is Iowa's most southern point, and the winner every year, three-time champ, reigning champs of the Iowa water taste-off. That's right. Man, see? Missouri's got to be chapped that they lost. Yeah, you lost Keokuk. You lost the absolute epicenter, the mecca of water. Unbelievable. I mean, it's a big loss. Big, big loss for Missouri. So given right, before it was settled, militias from both sides faced off at the border and a Missouri, a Missouri sheriff was over in Iowa trying to collect taxes. He got in. He got jailed. Mm. Three trees containing beehives were cut down. <laughs> what? Nobody can have the honey. So we're cutting yeah, down. Right. That's a Harvey Updike solution there. Just kill the trees. You know, I, I, I'm not in favor of that. <laughs> That's that's not good. We don't need Updike justice, <laughs> frontier justice out there. No, so that, that could absolutely happen again, especially with Keokuk's skyrocketing value as a water mecca. You know, that I mean, it's I, also an SEC Big Ten fight it is, now, right? It is. See, this has a lot of payload, a lot of payload. I think uh, I think Missouri is, is very much within its rights to aggressively march and try to retake Keokuk. Forget the honey. We can call this the Outback Bowl War. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Even though it's no longer the Outback Bowl. Rest in peace. Yeah, black and gold on black and gold crime here. We got uh, we we got a lot going on in this one. I this one, yeah, that one's that. I think it's happening again, almost certainly. And who's going to win? <laughs> I don't know. See Missouri again, like the, if you can't write your constitution, be slow and right, boring. Be slow, boring, and on like. C- CBS Sportsnet at like nine thirty. <laughs> no one really wants to watch this. It's going to be a punting competition. Well, yeah. <laughs> like if Kirk Ferentz is the Secretary of Defense there, they'll defend it well. You cannot, you could not overtake Kia Cuck. Yeah, Kia Cuck is safe. Yeah, they, they'll they will hold their they will hold their border. Yeah, Iowa's going to win this. Well, see, and, and if it's going to be like true to Missouri tradition, like Missouri would have the thing all but one, and like need to take the last <laughs> yard. And somehow screw it up and lose the whole thing. That's they would take over, then get excited about the water, yeah. fix themselves a bunch of bunch of yeah, not pay like attention and, and, waters. Yeah, and then yeah, all of a sudden get small. overtaken. Yeah, no, they'd find a way to all lose. All right, the Walton War, the Walton War, North uh, North Carolina and Georgia, and maybe South Carolina too. Yeah, South Carolina was kind of in it. It was it wasn't really they they North Carolina and South Carolina were kind of on the same team at one point early oh, on in okay. this war. All right, yeah. Carolina often these days. 1804 boundary dispute before between North Carolina and Georgia over a 12-mile strip of land called the Orphan Strip. Okay. The war reaches zenith in 1804 when the Walton County government tried to collect taxes in the Orphan Strip. Some argue these confrontations were, in fact, major battles in the Magaha Branch and Selica Hill. Okay, on December 14, 1804, John Havner was killed after being hit in the head with a musket. The only the only casualty of this war. <laughs> One guy dead. Which side was he on? Was he Georgia or North Carolina? I think he was North Carolina. Okay, side. Well, that makes yeah. sense. North, Georgia way too physical for North Carolina. So whether it's a musket in the head or the offensive line mowing down the North Carolina defensive line, that's that Georgia wins that one. Now that that's a mountainous wild area there where North Carolina and Georgia meet. You have to drive. If you're driving from Louisville, Kentucky to say Athens, Georgia, because your kid goes to school there, you often go through that area, lose cell service, pitch black, windy roads. You're just hoping you get out of there alive and get into, uh, to North Georgia. But that's, that's strong advantage dogs in that one. Yeah. I mean, that is, man, you don't get up in that area. You're going to fight. You will get even to this day. Yeah. You'll get a musket guy wrong way. You'll get a, Musket off the dome. Yeah. <laughs> Your wig split. <laughs> All right. Finally, the most famous, the Toledo War. Oh, yeah. Ohio and Michigan fought over the Toledo Strip, which became the city of Toledo. Two militias were formed, but only shots were fired into the air. Weak. Uh, a- after the second convention of Ann Arbor, the dispute ended with Ohio winning, thanks to a little help from President Andrew Jackson. Did they? They got Toledo. Did Was that a win or is it? No. Well, we sure that's a win. Yeah, well, I will say that no. I mean, like Toledo itself, eh. But no, it's, I, it's actually the, they got a port there too. They, big port. They got a port, and the Toledo Blade's a good newspaper. We are <laughs> we have some friends there that work there, that are, are pod listeners. So if you get the blade, you 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 get the win. So that's good for uh they cover both yeah, both uh, that's too, yeah. That's a win for Ohio. But see, look. What is this shots fired in the air business? I mean, well, we've heard about, everybody has heard about the Battle of Toledo and nobody actually shot at each other. Wait, wait, this, this, yeah, this, this is, is like, why the Big Ten doesn't matter. It right. means more in the South. Fighting the for the Big Ten with, Championship so you can then get trucked in the playoff. I mean, that's that's the equivalent. These of are this. some bad wars. It is. It is. Some you bad go ahead wars. and bring your, 
shoot in the air militia down south, you're going to get housed. <laughs> All right. I think that, that that thing could break out any moment. Although I don't think Michigan cares enough. Maybe not. It's- After their one win last year, they're they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. They just, yeah, just lose. You can keep Toledo, just lose every like five years, six years to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not Michigan in no hurry to resume hostilities over Toledo. That would be the turn. No, the Buckeyes would come. That'd be too, too, too. The third base war. They ain't, <laughs> going they're forward. not going to enter Detroit, <laughs> but they'll do over. Good selling. Third base. <laughs> that is, that, that was kind of a fun. Yeah. No. All right. Last story. Um, Really a headline for us if there ever was one. Florida man arrested after guns, drugs, and a baby alligator (laughs) found inside the truck. All right. A Florida man was arrested after police found guns, drugs, and a live baby alligator inside his truck per WFLA. Michael Marola was stopped at 1230 in his black GMC Sierra pickup. He had had, uh, you might be surprised, previous law enforcement mm, encounters. So surprising. And a suspended license. Yeah. So they found the gun. Um, they found the drugs. And then they looked in the back, and there was a plastic tub in the bed of the pickup truck, and it contained a, uh, a live gator. Uh, so he gets two counts of concealed weapon, possession of a controlled substance, meth. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems to be the... I would think the the, the meth gator owner... <laughs> it's probably pretty high correlation. Yeah, like those Venn diagrams. The Venn, yes, they pretty, overlap pretty, heavily. Uh, heavily. And then possession. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, this terrifies me. Where in Florida? Collier is like Naples. Right. Um, so th- it's not like the rich retirees of Naples yeah. or on Marco Island. This is this is the, like, this is, it's Alligator Alley. Yeah. They have Alligator <laughs> it Alley. It sure is. Yeah. Maybe this guy should be free. Maybe the gator just jumped in my truck. Maybe. You know what? Yeah, it's either the beginning or the end of Alligator Alley, depending which way you're coming and going. But, yeah, I think it's abundantly clear that the alligator just kind of found the man. And that would be my that would be my defense if I were him. Just notice that I, I had a, a tail a pickup with a small pool in the back or whatever. And Yeah, we would appreciate it if you don't drive around with while on meth. <laughs> while on meth with a potentially deadly animal in the back yeah like that isn't enough um anyway he's uh he's he's dealing with some legal issues we'll we'll continue to follow the case maybe he'll uh the picture of this guy he could have a unique plea i could see him coming <laughs> up with ongoing saga potential we got we got some potential with this one active active pot we got through a lot here today we did good job you know us. what yeah good job. good job by sully with the uh the the homework on the various border disputes Yes, good job. Sully's uh, Sully's uh, really getting his history degree back going here. All right, we'll be back later in the week. More college football talk. Talk to you later. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.